Hey everybody, welcome to the KF Podcast Wrestling Week in Review for April 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just stumbled across this here, check us out at kfpodcast.com and the KF Podcast on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. Check out the pop culture where you can review. And uh, yeah, just listen to us wherever you can find us. We're trying to do some shows for you and keep this rolling as we are here. No longer in our little studio, but we're distant. Uh, mm-hmm. No Ken this week, so uh, this will be a very non-AEW uh, biased show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be fair. That's yeah. just me and the Brock. Uh, yep. We got Justin chiming in. We're it's, you know it's a maybe <laughs> easy. Yeah, right now. Turned off. <laughs> did. Um, so yeah, let's we'll jump into it. Um. Obviously, Brock, you weren't on the show last week where we talked about all the firings. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of seeing the fallout from that um, looks like that, like Carl and An- Carl, uh, Carl Anderson and Gallows already talking New Japan. Yeah, they'll make already, more money there. Yeah, already changing their names back to Machine Gun. And I mean, they're just full on. I listened to their podcast this week. And they're just like like they never were even in the WWE. I mean, they're moving right into Japan, talking all the stuff with Japan. So, uh huh. There's a chance they might get back on on to doing shows there quicker than the United States too. Yeah. So that's good for them. I think they'll be okay. Um, obviously, we see uh, other you know other talks of other stars going different places. Um. You know, they said they were interested in to see what a guy like Heath Slater ends up doing because he never had to do indie stuff as he came from, you know, yeah. WWE and FCW and all that stuff. So they're like, we can't wait to see Slater out there making it making it huge. Wouldn't it be nice to see Heath Slater have like a Drew McIntyre esque thing, you know, like leave, come, come back. back years late, later and all kind of killer and shape, become world champion, you know. He'd be the last one of three and B to do it. I don't know. Um, no sign really of or talk about where Rusev is going to go. Um, it, it's so hard right now because there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Everything's you know, everyone's closed up for now. Even AEW, they filmed everything. They filmed six weeks worth of programming. Did they? Mm-hmm. Jericho said that on his podcast last week. Six weeks of it. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had. I guess they got shut down somehow. Yeah, they were in Georgia doing it at a QT Marshall's place, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they should give a lot of money to uh, the state of Florida. Then you can do live shows like the asshole WWE. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it last week. I have no idea what the point of them doing live shows is as all. It makes no absolute sense to me well, at all. It's uh, universal pushing the – there's – I guess SmackDown, I think they can tape. Fox doesn't seem to care. But yeah. I guess it's USA Network's giving them a hard time about it based on their contract. Because they probably still have a bitter taste in their mouth about losing SmackDown. So still, probably... how do you, you – know, what's the difference between a tape show and a live show? How do you know the difference? You know what I mean? There's no crowd there. Yeah. It's not like they can spoil it. You know, mm-hmm. tape a bunch of shows and then let people go home for a month. Yeah, know. be safe and – yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. Because as you can see, like when you watch SmackDown, NXT, and Raw, the show should just be called "Here's Everyone That Lives in Florida" that's going to be on the show. Because it's yeah, it all should, Florida people. It should be the Zelina Vega show. Yeah, I sat there during SmackDown last week, Raw, and NXT. Every wrestler that came out, I looked them up just to see if I was right. Every <laughs> single wrestler lives in either Tampa. Orlando, all, all are over there. Like the same town as the Performance Center. Every single talent that was on, even MVP who was on like Monday Night Raw, lives in Florida. Like there wasn't a single person. Like Drew McIntyre, their champion, lives in Florida. Like mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't a single person that I was like, oh, look at this person. They live like far away. So I guess that's a good thing that they're not making like the rest of the, like the Randy Ortons and the Edge and these people, even KO. They're not on the show. They're not traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really only the Florida-based talent, and they have quite a bit of Florida-based based talent. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so they're not really doing a lot of traveling. But yeah, maybe Universal Studios is, is stupid if they're making them do live shows. That's pretty pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see some of the talent landing? Who who would you like to see? Because obviously the answer everybody goes into is everyone should go to AEW. Like that's even possible. You can't send any, everyone to AEW. Who would you no, think they... benefit the most going to AEW? Uh, a, I, I think a Heath Slater would be a good fit for AEW, Rusev, but I think a lot of those other guys, the more mid-card guys and newer people, I think they should all go to ROH. They could totally rebuild that brand around them and put them on the map as like a third major, yeah. major brand if they had some you of that think, talent. You think like Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins should go to ROH? Well, I think they're pretty much destined for AEW because of their relationship with Cody. Yeah. AEW has to watch, though. I mean, I know like people say I'm crazy when I say it, but like you keep you keep adding all this WWE talent. You're, you're just going down that Impact Road or the Nitro mm-hmm. Road. Yeah. Where all your guys that are like going to get lost in the shuffle, you know, and you're just trying to like mm-hmm. pitch in a whole an entire wwe based show you know yeah. i like pushing your new stars you know yeah don't, i don't know you got to be careful with that i think i know it sounds like fantasy booking when people are like It'd be great to have hawkins and Ryder there and the revival there and eric rowan and put this tag team there and that ta- and, and you're like all right i think down. eric rowan should go to japan be like he a big monitor huge. over there he'd be huge in japan he'd be like lance archer but better Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Lance yeah, Archer. I, I mean, he's okay, but like, he's bigger than Lance Archer. And look what what a you know they treated Lance Archer like yeah. a giant over in Japan. Rowan uh-huh. and can can move and wrestle. He yeah. would be. You're right. He would be huge there. Mm-hmm. I think um, Rusev would do well in Japan too. Yeah, probably be something interesting for him. Um, I could see guys like EC3 going and Eric Young going back to Impact. Mm-hmm. Poor EC3. He never really got a shot. No. Um, so let's move on. We'll go through um the list here. I cut out a lot of the matches that are just kind of like filler, just putting the main thing. So in SmackDown last week, we have continuing this Braun versus Bray feud. What's your thoughts on the Braun versus Bray feud? I like how they did it this week with the, him getting the mask and all that stuff. And I thought that was well done. Did you like Braun's acting when he was like, "Oh, what's this gift over here for me?" Like, he's you know, good. Like that. he's good. <laughs> I was hoping it would be the mask. They actually followed through on something for a change. The Beef King, Braun Strowman. Um. So yeah, uh, I think they're gonna put the belt ba- the belt right back on Bray again. I think they they're like, I hey, we, too. we fucked up taking it off him. He needs to be the champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Tamina Snuka getting a lot of – there's a lot of people you'll know in this theme because they live in Florida are now getting these, like, pushes. You know, mm-hmm. so now Tamina beats Sasha Banks. She's the number one contender. What world did we live in where you think in 2020 <laughs> Tamina Snuka would be number one contender? You know if this is regular, ongoing wrestling, you would not even see her probably even on TV. Good for her. Seizing the moment. Mm-hmm. And Dana Brooke, Which, another one. Which is also it was kind of strange that Tamina all of a sudden, because she's Jimmy Snuka's daughter, right? Yeah. And you just had Dark Side of the Ring with Jimmy Snuka <laughs> the week before, and now his daughter's in the spotlight. Just kind of odd. You got to feel well, that for She lost her last name. Yeah, she's just Tamina now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's meaner, meaner than Tamina. <laughs> Um, yeah, Dana Brooke then won the Money in the Bank qualifier over Naomi. So, you know, good for Dana. She's another one, lives in Florida. Uh, Sonny Deville and Mandy have another little fight. They live like a block away from the Performance Center. So I thought that was a good segment that everyone involved in that did a good job, I think. Yeah, they're doing a good job with that. This is like one of the most ongoing storylines they've been able to keep up. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good for Mandy. It's good for Sonya getting some. TV time. Otis is good in that, of course. So, yeah, it's entertaining. Um, 
Then he had the Money in Bank qualifier. Uh, Daniel Bryan beat Cesaro. Cesaro doesn't get to beat anybody, even during the pandemic. Even during the pandemic, Cesaro <laughs> can't get a win. It's unbelievable to me. Like even now, he can't get a push. I'm surprised he wasn't among one of the cuts. Uh, I don't. Uh, they're not using him for anything but a job guy. I think Cesaro does a lot of like training and helping with younger guys and younger talent. I'm sure he does. He's out of his own school. A lot of people came from his school to begin with. I think he's a lifer there because I think he's an asset. Mm -hmm. And they know that. He's a company guy. Of course, Ryder and Hawkins and Slater were company guys, too. Yeah, especially Slater. Yeah. Um, Then in an odd twist, they had another one of these, like, single matches. The tag belt, and the new day won the freaking tag belts again for like the nineteenth time. So stupid. I don't really understand what they're doing with the Miz and Morris in there. This is just very confusing. They need someone else involved in this because it's confusing as hell. But mm-hmm. uh, again, where was um the Forgotten Sons? They debuted last week, and now they weren't on. <laughs> I checked them out too, and they all live in Florida too. So. <laughs> Um, so we'll go over to Raw. Um, As I like to call it, the Zelina Vega show. The Zelina Vega show, which her heel group that she debuted last week, what do you think about her heel group? I don't get Austin Theory. Yeah. They should have just turned Humberto Carrillo and put him on the team, I think. Yeah. Because of that family connection there. Because yeah, Austin Theory just went back to thumb. Yeah. He's, because he's not Latino, you know. But he's like... <laughs> You know, the only thing I like about it, as I said this last week, is Zelina Vega, it's nice to see, like, an 80s-style manager where it's not yeah. a heel group like Andrade's the leader. You know, right. it's like she's the leader. She has people in her stable. And, like, the Heenan mm-hmm. family, he had a lot of guys that didn't make sense together, you know, but, like... The Heenan family somebody... never really did anything together, though. It just he represented the different guys. Right. I don't I don't mind her group. Um, I, like I thought them. I... I I thought Austin Theory and Alistair Black had a hell of a match. I thought they did a, a great job. Alistair Black's been on point. It's interesting seeing Black and Zelina Vega like going against each other when you know they're married. Uh huh. And her like, she's good though. I enjoy she her. I'm, it's nice seeing her getting this time, like talking on the mic and being she is. She, she should let her do more of this. Mm-hmm. She's good. Um, Alistair Black won, so he's in the qualifier. Um, he's in the Money in the Bank match. Did you guys uh, talk last week about how they changed the Money in the Bank match? No, that's so. That's a big story. I, I think that's actually going to be really cool. <laughs> I think so too. It's going to be super edited, like a movie. So yeah. Justin, the the Money in the Bank match used to be you had to climb a ladder, and there was a contract in a briefcase hanging above the ring. Okay. So now. And whoever start, got that contract gets a title shot at any time at in the next any year. Time. Any time. You can any cash time in okay, so when, when I see clips of idiots running to a ring holding a briefcase out yeah. in front of them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they right, changed so the, the way they're going to do it for this year. So now everybody in the match is starting on the ground floor of WWE headquarters. And they're going to fight their way through the headquarters. And the, and the briefcase is going to be hanging above the roof. <laughs> Of the WWE headquarters. There's a ring on top of the roof with the briefcase hanging in it. You have to start on the ground floor, fight your way through Titan Tower, <laughs> all the way through till you get to the top floor, and then climb the briefcase and get the briefcase. That's a total ripoff of Judge Dredd. Well, I don't... <laughs> Judge Dredd. Where is Judge Dredd is not a wrestling promotion. No, I think but it's the whole aspect of getting all the way through the tower to the top of the building to get to the the final boss <laughs> well, there you go maybe that's where they got it from but really? it's cool because they're 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 re- re- doing something different they'll movie edit it do all kind mm. of movie stuff to it it'll be like the boneyard match it's a great idea what would be cool is if they had both matches going on at the same time the like women's the women's match <laughs> and the men's match, and they're just like they'll just intermingle throughout the yeah the, uh, the fight. 
So then, yeah, I'm glad they're doing it with the women too. It'll it'll definitely definitely makes that pay per view more interesting now. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Shayna Baszler had a match. I like the way they've been booking her lately. She's just been killing people. Yeah. And they kept mentioning Sarah Logan, which I found this is the first part of like we're gonna get to Drake Maverick, but this is the first part of things that make me curious because they yeah. they usually don't talk about people they fire after it's over. Like you never hear yeah. from them again. I, like I think a lot of them are gonna be coming back. I really do. I mean yeah. it sucks they all lost their jobs, but you have to understand where WWE is coming from. They have no revenue coming in. Yeah. Other than their TV money, and how far is that going to get them? Right. I mean, when you're used right. to bringing in multi-million-dollar gates every, you know, three times a week. The only thing that made me mad about it was that I felt like, you know, there's some contracts out there that they could have canned and saved some of these guys instead. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you need to be paying Bobby Lashley 3.5 million dollars a year. Right. Like, you could keep some of these other talents and and like furlough Bobby Lashley for a while. Yeah, AEW's not gonna pick up not gonna pick up Bobby Lashley, you know, like with that contract. Like and mm-hmm. then, you know, Kane Velasquez is on a ten million dollar contract. Cut Kane Velasquez. Yeah, had like, one match. Yeah, you know, he had one <laughs> match. Like, you know, right there, there's your whole like savings, you know, but like they don't want to cut Kane Velasquez. They don't want AEW to pick him up. Like, you know I don't think they would their, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would either. Lesnar's ridiculous contract. Um, I mean, there's just a, a whole bunch of them, you know, on there that they have. They like, could be in there too that they can't be released if they release them. They might still have to pay them or something too. The way those those contracts are written for those yeah. big money guys. Who knows? Yeah. So who knows? But um, I don't know. So we'll I think see. a lot of them will be brought back. I really do. Once money yeah. starts coming in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, money in a bank. Interesting. Um, then you have my new favorite tag team, which I like to call two guys that live down the road from the performance center that we had nothing to do with, but are really talented, AKA Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. Those are that, that's the Florida connection. Those two who are now a tag team. They got, they got a big win this week. Um, I like these two together. Yeah, they're good. I just wish there was a like tag team division for them to compete with. I people were mad last week that they lost to the Viking Raiders. I thought it was fine. Speaking of the Viking Raiders, I don't see this on the list, but how horrible did they? Now they're a comedy act, I guess. Oh my god, that was so stupid. Where they were driving around in a car, talking about we're Vikings. This is what we like to do. Like, oh god, that was bad. Stone Day doing carpool karaoke. Yeah, they were singing. It was bad. That's called you don't know what to do with them, and you're coming up with all this ridiculous stuff. They mm-hmm. were pissed off because uh, of what's his name? Is it Eric or Ivar? It's married to uh, Sarah Eric. Logan. Yeah, Eric Rowe. Sarah Logan being his wife. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're Ivar, they travel on the road. I watched a couple um carpool those car shows that they've done. You know the uh, road trip. What's those Ride things along. called? ride-alongs, they ride with with his wife. So it's like the Viking Raiders and they ride with Eric's wife. Like, if you're the other guy, you kind of like, well, she got fired. Good, thank God. I don't have to ride with her no more. Like, <laughs> now it's just me and my buddy riding the road. Like, we can have some fun again. Like, I wonder if there's... You, uh, that's where my mind goes. Like, I wonder if... Obviously, the husband's like, oh, I'm sad. I don't get to ride with my wife anymore. As the friend, are you kind of like... Hey, you know, I used to ride with Don and Saber, and now Saber got fired. Um, so me and Don get on the road. Like this is kind of this kind of nice again. I kind of it just makes you think that there's something like that going on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ricochet and Alexander won. Then Nia Jax destroyed Kyrie Zane again. Poor Kyrie Zane. Um, then in the oddest match qualifier match, you had MVP taking on Apollo Cruz. Cruz with the victory. I, MVP is just in the area, so they're utilizing. Remember he retired a couple months ago? <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> then he had the remaining members of the White Riot Squad squaring off in an utterly useless match. I don't even know what the point of that match was. I don't think that was a qualifier for the Money in the Bank. They already I have don't think those. So. Yeah, Liv Morgan has pink hair again. 
Yeah, I don't know. I would have got, got rid of Ruby Riot over Sarah Logan. I always thought Sarah Logan was better than Ruby Riot, but I don't know. Some people like Ruby Riot. I think I think what was holding Sarah Logan back is her the way she talks. She has that really thick, like hillbilly Kentucky accent. Yeah, and I think that really hurt her. Yeah, it didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Well, give her especially a manager, with, especially with the gimmick she had, like her Viking gimmick. <laughs> Yeah. Just basically doing what her husband does, wearing Viking war paint. Mm-hmm. Put her with the Viking Raiders in as like their check then, you know, like maybe that's what they'll do and if she comes back. I think I think she'll be back. I think like I keep saying, a lot of those people are coming back. I don't think Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are coming back. No, because they have somewhere to go. I think they pissed them off and they left. I mean, I don't have you listened to their podcast yet? No. I've never listened on their- to theirs actually. Rocky Romero in their podcast, who's on there with him, said, yeah, real smart, WWE. You get rid of two of the four guys that help save WrestleMania. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> you know, they were just joking about it. They were making a lot of, like, jokes about the WWE and this is. They seem pissed off. So mm-hmm. AJ's really pissed off about that, too. He spoke out on his podcast as well, too, about. Well, whenever they- he originally came, he wasn't going to come unless they brought them with him. Yeah, that was part of the deal because it was supposed to be the Bucks, but the Bucks signed with Ring of Honor that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah, the he's story. not too ha- he's not too happy about it. I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had another qualifying match: Mysterio versus Murphy. Surprised they went with Mysterio here, putting him over Murphy. I thought they were trying to push Murphy a little bit. I really don't understand that booking. Yeah, I don't either. I'm sick of Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Um, then Bianca Belair wrestled. She wrestled my girl Santana Garrett, who got some little Monday Night Raw, and basically got the shit beat out of her, Belair. Uh, she did. Those two, the Street Profits, were making so much noise on there that the announce team couldn't even talk. Did you notice that? They couldn't yeah, even like, get a word in. They were just going crazy. And like at the one point, I think the King was ready to be like, shut up. First of all, why is Jerry the King Lawler even there? <laughs> he lives in Florida. <laughs> I think he lives in Memphis, but still. It's close enough. And then your, then your main event, um, the Hill faction that you put together last week with uh, um, Garza and these guys basically were destroyed by Drew McIntyre <laughs> this week because he just took out all of them. They just have him looking like an absolute beast. He just killed them. He killed everybody in it. It was just crazy. <laughs> Drew's just, poor Drew. He needs some fans because uh-huh. he needs he needs some fans. He needs some fa- fans bad. I like Drew in this role, but he needs some fans for sure. He destroyed that group. Um, so let's go into NXT. Uh, you didn't watch all these. Not too much going on here. I did enjoy my favorite part. My favorite part of Wednesday night happened in the main event in this match, and I'll talk about it when we get there. Um, you had Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. They had a tag team match. It was just okay. Nothing too exciting there. I like um, that they're putting together all these women tag teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez is a good team. Mm-hmm. And I like Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart together, too. Yeah, I like Shotzi Blackheart. I hope they do a lot with her. She's good. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had the Drake Maverick stuff. So you had Drake Mavericks for J- versus Jake Al- Atlas. So first off, this was my first exposure to Jake Atlas. Mm-hmm. Jake Atlas, for people who don't know, is an openly gay um, wrestler. Um, talks about it a lot. Um, one of the first, other than what Darren Young was openly gay, right, in yeah. wrestling. And uh, he's really good. What a talented kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, the moves he was doing, like, I really – did you see that cartwheel on the rope DDT that he does? Did you see that fashion yeah. move? That, he's I mean, good. Right? I, I got exposed to him about a year ago. He got a Phil Singer Games card. So mm-hmm. I really got a card for somebody I don't know. I look him up and see some – you know, check out some matches and stuff. He's good. Yeah. Really good. I like him. Um. Taking on Drake Maverick. I feel like Drake Maverick is instantly rehired. I feel like this is now a, like a storyline. Because mm-hmm. he did that emotional video that got a lot of views 
where he was like in tears about being let go. He's really broken up about it. Now all uh-huh. of a sudden they're showing it on on NXT. They were showing the video of it. Even after he lost, he was like doing a whole story about it, like standing in the stairwells, like crying and you know, his life's on the line. I'm like, I feel like this is a work now. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like I think they let him go, but I think he may have got his job back with his passionate video, honestly. Yeah. I feel like he did get his I feel like he did I think like he's gonna he took a first loss. I think he's gonna start getting some wins. <clears throat> enough to qualify for like the next round because it's like a round robin. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be su- I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the finals or something yeah. like that, <clears throat> or does something to win his job. I like him. I like Spud. I think they should keep him around. <laughs> he'll, he'll win the title and then they'll fire him still, and then they'll just get rid of the cruiserweight title that way. <laughs> yeah, let's we'll take it with him. Um, then he had a lot of good action on NXT. You had Kushida versus Tony Nice. Good match. Kushida won. In uh, his group. Um, then he had Jack Gallagher take on. Did you see this at all, or did you didn't get to this point? Yet? I didn't get to that part yet. <laughs> um, he fought El Hero de Fa- del Fantasma. The son of Fantasma. In other words, King Cuerno from Lucha Underground. <laughs> who was so much cooler in Lucha Underground with his did gimmick and mask. He, what, the King Cuerno mask? No, any mask. Because I heard yeah, he had the mask. He had the Del Fantasma mask on. He looks so stupid. It was like white and purple with a cape and everything. Like yeah. it just, it's just you know, like I loved him as King Cuerno. Like he was just so awesome in Lucha Underground. And remember, he used to do that arrow thing where he would dive like a dart out of the ring and like uh, you know, launch himself at people. Do you remember that movie he used to do? Yeah. He did it. And it didn't really look the same because he looks like he got a little heavier. He did. I like that he comes out and they're like weighing in at 222 pounds. I'm like, that's not a cruiserweight. I'll be <laughs> wrestling for the cruiserweight belt at 220. <laughs> Would they throw that fucking roll right out the gate? Like no more like 220s? No more 205s? I guess. But he won. And then afterwards, you remember how they've been abducting people on NXT? Mm-hmm. Like um, DJZ got abducted and Raul, Men- Raul Mendoza. Uh, mm-hmm. Phantasma walked out and these two guys jumped out of an SUV. But he, instead of just quietly going along, he beat the shit out of them. And then they <laughs> ran and got in a car and drove away. So whoever was trying to kidnap him, he, he got <laughs> he, he got away. Uh, then they teased more of um, Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux. Did you hear about Killer, Killer Cross's name change? No. So they really shirts for him. He's can't use killer. So he's carrying cross. That's all right, I guess. Yeah, like right. you know, like the... Killer Cross is a stupid name anyway. Well, he used to be Kevin Cross because that's his <laughs> real name. Why can't he Kevin... be Kevin? <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> I don't know. Kevin Cross <laughs> doesn't sound too exciting. Then he went to killer. So now he's carrying carrying cross. So I think he's cool. I can't wait for his debut. Did you see him last week when he choked out Champa? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool segment. Him and Scarlett Bordeaux are going to be good. That's exactly what that show needs. Do you think they're going to end up going against Gargano and uh, Candice LeRae? Probably. We're both evil now. Candice LeRae dyed her hair silver, and she's a bad guy now. Like it's so funny. They're. Mm-hmm. They're like a bad, evil couple. They so then the end, points. they did. It makes sense. So the end, I thought, was absolutely great. So you had Velveteen. I don't know what they're doing with Finn Balor. Finn Balor got attacked, like, in the beginning of the show, and none of his like his stuff was found there, but they couldn't find his body. So I wonder if that's Killer Cross there, too, attacking, Maybe. attacking him or something. So he was missing, so he couldn't be... Um, Velveteen Dream's partner to take on Roderick Strong and Adam Cole. So Keith Lee came out and um well Balor was supposed to take on Velveteen Dream and then for like a number one contender thing and then yeah Keith Lee got involved. So it's Keith Lee and Velveteen Dream taking on Roderick Strong and Adam Cole. Um Keith Lee gets thrown out of the ring and they jumped on him, they attacked him, they knocked him out, and then Damian Priest came out and hit him over the head with that club. So he was laid out. 
So now it was just Dream on his own by himself. And the most unlikely person came to his rescue. Did you see any of this at all who came to his rescue? Yeah, I did. So then Dexter Loomis comes out. And I love Dexter Loomis. I think he's been great. Dexter Loomis comes out and was just kind of like creeping around. I'm like, oh, Dexter Loomis is going to attack Velveteen Dream now. Then he just jumped up to the rope, reached his hand out for like a tag. And Dream was like, what? Like, like, what do you tag you for? And he destroyed the Undisputed there. I mean, he was such hard shots, throwing him in the air, knocking him out. I thought he was great. That guy can really go. I like him a lot. I like Dexter Lewis. I forget what his name was in TNA. Sam Shaw. Sam Shaw, but I think he's good. I like the gimmick, and they're not really making him a villain like they thought they were going to do, and I don't really know what he is. He's just crazy. (laughs) Then afterwards, he kind of like him in the dream had like a weird stare down. It was good, though. He had a good spot. Again, he lives in Florida, so he's getting this kind of play. But this is exactly what a character like that needed. He was kind of stuck there, or they they didn't, you know, he up until a month ago when he appeared on NXT, he hadn't been on television in a year. Mm-hmm. And now he's in the main event. <laughs> it's a necessity at this point. It's true. So it was cool. Um, Wednesday night war updates. Um, NXT won two weeks in a row, but they were put down last night as they came in very low last night, NXT, 665, and Dynamite was back up to 731. Okay. So not their 900-type numbers, but um, hanging in there. I think these numbers that they've been putting up are telling of, like, who really like the real fans mm-hmm. the guys think the 600 like high almost 700 number like that's the diehard nxt fans yeah the 900 numbers they get that's when they get like extra fans that like check them out once in a while because they hear something good's going on and then mm-hmm. you know when AEW does like those 900s um and does like an extra 300 from what they do now i think that's all they're like these fans that like are like they tune in to see Jericho. They tune in to see Matt Hardy. You know, they're not the diehards. The diehard AEWs is that number that w- these numbers you're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, odd that wrestling is getting such low numbers right now because at least it's new content. It is, but I think like these, I think for the casuals, they like turn it on and go, oh, there's no fans. This is dumb. I'm shutting it off because yeah. they don't watch it for the wrestling like me and you Mm. can turn it on even nowadays and be like, well, I'm just, you know, obviously I'm not getting like the crowd pop and the, uh, entertainment of it, but like uh, the, the match is good. It's good. talent. I appreciate what they're doing in the ring. I'm going to use them as an example, but Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson is in, and I know he's probably going to listen to this. Mike Johnson is it into like, Oh, look at the talent in this match. You know what I mean? He lives for like the big moment, like like the oh that was a good moment. The crowd went nuts and this guy returned. You know Matt Hardy was on. He loves Matt Hardy. He loved, that's the thing he likes. This isn't a good show for Mike Johnson to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Mike will leave a comment on this when we do put it, but you know that's what it is. It's the fans like that. They're not like this isn't exciting to them. This is like oh, I'm not gonna watch this. It's no fans. It's dumb. It is tough to get through sometimes. That's why you tape it and you fast forward. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's go over to Dynamite. Um, To start the show off, you had the TNT Championship Tournament. Darby Allin versus Sammy Guevara. And Darby won using that new surprise roll-up. He found a way to to retweak (laughs) the surprise roll-up into the Last Supper. I don't know why it's called the Last Supper. That name doesn't make any sense. What did you think about this match? It was good. Were you surprised by the, surprised nah, by the outcome? No, nah, I knew it was going to be Darby versus Cody. This whole tournament was predictable. Yeah. Um, I like both these guys, and I think that these two are going to be a feud for years to come on AEW. I would rather this be the tournament final match than an opening round match. I would too, but I think these guys are so good and so young that five years from now you're going to see main events for the world title. Guevara, mm-hmm. Allen, you know, I yeah, think this is it. like these two are, are big enough, are going to be big enough that they're like going to be kind of like the cornerstones of like a rivalry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good. 
Because the rest had, of the show was filler. Yeah. Then you had Matt Hardy addressing Chris Jericho. And let me tell you, when he turned normal and talked like Matt Hardy, I'm like, that is such a better promo than all that <laughs> stupid Damascus shit that you do. You can understand what he was saying. It was good. He cuts a good promo. Uh-huh. Just regular matches. I wish Damascus was different than what was his previous guy called? Um, oh, I'm ready there. I don't remember, but it's exactly I, the same. I do. Yeah, I wish he acted different and did something different. Mm-hmm. Not wore the same hair. But honestly, I just like him as Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy cuts a good promo, especially when he's like talking about the real life of it, who he's friends with, how him and Jericho never got along. Like, it was good. Like, that was mm. good. When he starts throwing that Damascus shit, God, it's like so corny. Um, Jericho was good on, on announcing again. I mean, of, of course, he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, then Kenny Omega beat some jobber I've never heard of. You never heard of Alan Angels? <laughs> and I felt like that was just like a like um, a video game like demo of like if you play with Kenny Omega, here's all the things you can do: Snapdragon <laughs> suplexes, V triggers, one winged angels. Because that he just beat the shit out of that guy. I mean, there was really nothing to it. He was sort of competitive. Jericho had a couple good lines. Kenny Omega must be feeling generous tonight, giving letting this guy get his stuff in or something like that. Yeah, he was good. And he was like, "Oh, there's a Snapdragon. It's over." Um, then in a strange match. I did not like the Orange Cassidy Jimmy Havoc match. I don't like Jimmy Havoc at all. Jimmy Havoc beat the shit out of Orange Cassidy. I mean, Orange Cassidy like had that great match with Pac where he like took Pac to the limit and did all these moves to him. And Jimmy mm-hmm. Havoc, who to me is a jobber, beat the <laughs> shit out of him for at least 10 good minutes before he even got any offense even in. Mm-hmm. And then... Then it's just like, oh, well, him and Kip Sabian are good friends because they're English. I was like, oh, these two are together? When did these two I think Kip Sabian just with uh, the hybrid two a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I thought he was with them, but now he's with Jimmy Havoc. Um, very strange match. I thought Orange Cassidy got the shit kicked out of him. Didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, then you had Warlow squ- squash a jobber. Um, the amount of people that I saw comparing Wardlow to Brock Lesnar was irritating the <laughs> shit out of me. Uh, they were they were like, this felt very when uh, Brock Lesnar beat up um, Spike Dudley and all oh, this Wardlow. He's I bet you he's as strong as Brock. I'm like, get the hell out of here. You're comparing Wardlow to Brock <laughs> Lesnar, who would absolutely destroy this guy, even at his age now. Like, uh, I mean, come on. Put him in there in a shoot. Do another brawl for all. <laughs> yeah, do, do, put, go in there against him. See, now see what that's like. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't really. There's nothing really about Wardlow that really excites me. I don't really get it. I like him just because he's a local guy. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I need to see a little more. Yeah, we haven't um, done much with him. Yeah. Then you have um, Brody Lee against an, the same jobber that. Uh, Lance Archer beat up last week. Like, <laughs> this Justin Law guy. What, what, I understand that there's not a lot of talent around or having a hard time, but why is Brody Lee just beating up jobbers every week? I don't know. This is worse than Eric Rowan beating up <laughs> jobbers for weeks on Raw. I think if you're going to have him there, have, like, his minions fighting these jobbers and have yeah. him coaching them. Like giving them instructions and then beating up this guy if he loses at the end, you know, like mm-hmm. instead of just squash. And then next week they announce he's going to beat Marco Stun up. Like Mar- <laughs> we know Marco Stun ain't going to beat Brody Lee. I mean, come on. <laughs> and I think they need to drop the whole Mister Brody Lee shit. Like he's Mister McMahon. Yeah. Come on with that. Just move on and be Brody Lee, the exalted one. They, they, I mean, they're even doing promos for him where it's Mister Brody Lee putting it in his. And his title and his name tag. Mm-hmm. It's enough already with the Vince McMahon stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, just it's the, all these enhancement matches, basically, was all this card was for two hours of squash matches and then two competitive matches. Yeah. It's Yeah. 
Because in the last match, then you had Dustin Rhodes versus Kip Saban, where they threatened that Dustin Rhodes is going to retire. And then for some reason, um, you know, the company that's not like the WWE who puts over their young talent and don't hold people back, let 51-year-old Dustin Rhodes uh, <laughs> knock out the young up-and-coming kid that could have good matches in the tournament. Um, he got taken out. Well, it's also for the story because now Lance Archer is going to kill Dustin. Yeah, going to kill Dustin <laughs> and beat up Dustin real bad. So it's just Dustin versus Lance Archer for the title, you know? Mm-hmm. I did like Cody's promo in the beginning, though. Yeah, it was good. It was good. He put everybody over who was in the tournament, which was nice yeah. to see. Yeah, he's good. Well, Cody's good. The stuff he does is good. Um, I thought that Matt. I, I, I mean, Dustin Rhodes to me, it, it's just, I don't know, it's terrible. I, I don't know why he comes he out with a brand. He can still go, but it's just it's so predictable watching his match. It's not exciting to me. It's like you're gonna drop down to the floor and do your punch and then you're going to do your your move and then we know you're using the destroyer now as your finisher and <laughs> blah 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 most you overused know, move in wrestling what's that the most overused move in pro wrestling oh, you know so many of it you know i like kip saban i think he's good but yeah you could just tell by the bracket setup that he had no chance of winning I don't know uh-huh. why they put that whole I'm going to retire shit in there. I thought that was so stupid. Like, we know he's not going to retire in front Drama. of no fans. Uh, like, <laughs> I mean, we're supposed to actually believe that he's going to retire in front of no fans. Like, come on. But, yeah, he won. So um, he'll face Lance Archer. Cody will face Darby again. Probably mm-hmm. beat Darby. Yeah. I'd be shocked if he didn't. I think Cody's winning this title. I think it's I think so title too. kind of put in their form since he can't win the other title. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, didn't want to see him and Lance's archers rival end up like this with this. I didn't think it needed the title, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. The final. I called it. They have right now. So what was MJF's little story that he was doing? Is he faking an injury or is he really injured? I don't know. He's probably faking it. To, to be a reason why he's not there. Was Jericho and Shivani there, or were they somewhere else recording that? I think they were there. They showed him in the beginning. Then they never showed him again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very, very strange. It was movie magic. Then finally, uh, we had a new episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, did you watch it? I did. It it was probably, it was one I enjoyed least so far the entire series. I would say so too. Yeah. I, I didn't learn anything new from it. The only thing I didn't know about that is that uh, Dino Bravo ran the Montreal territory. But everything yeah. else I kind of already had known. I really never really heard that story. I didn't. I realized that he was dead. I didn't realize he was killed. I didn't know that. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That guy at the end who was describing the truck that got stolen and all that stuff, he's totally involved. Oh, yeah. He's totally involved. He knew way too much. He knew way too much. What's next week, did they say? Um, Next week is the slap heard around the world. David Schultz. Oh, that could be good. When he slaps Don, yeah, uh, John Stossel. <laughs> John Stossel, yeah, and like tries to beat him up. It's that one, then it's the Road Warriors, which I guess on that one, because I think I heard, I listened to the Jericho's podcast where he talked to the two kids, the guys that made this, and they said in that Road uh, Warriors one, they do the Vince McMahon story where they put him in the the, 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 the device, device <laughs> in a bar and give it to McMahon in a bar, so that, that's going to be a good one. And then the last one is going to be amazing. That's the Owen Hart one. Yeah, they, I guess his wife, his wife and everybody are going to be on it. His wife and son both talk mm-hmm. for the first time. So, yeah, that's going to be amazing. That's going to be a good one to catch. Mm-hmm. That might be tough uh, to get through. I went back and I finally finished the one I never watched from the first season, which I was glad I was, was that uh, Gino um, Hernandez. Hernandez episode. That was good. Yeah. That was a strange death. Yeah. Guy just gets killed, and then they don't even like let you see the body or tell you what the cause of death is, and uh-huh. say like, yeah, it's cocaine related, yeah, all this police <laughs> cover up. That was a mob hit too, I think. Oh yeah. I didn't realize how uh, 
how popular he with that guy was, you know, like Oh yeah, World Class was huge. They were selling out like the Astrodome and all kinds of stuff down in yeah. Texas. It didn't really travel well, but in Texas it was it was big. Yeah. Justin, you would have something in the uh, Dino Bravo episode that uh, you would relate to. Um, you know, in the, our show that we watch Letterkenny, how they buy cigarettes from the natives and do yeah. that whole cigarette trade. So Dino Bravo, who was a wrestler in the 80s, living in up in Montreal, in Canada, once he leaves the WWF and he goes up and just starts working for the mafia as an enforcer, basically, <laughs> um, he gets caught up in the whole cigarette running trade of like native cigarettes like getting this <laughs> and, like, the one guy, and like yeah like they found in his car like a box of like cigarette contraband and fifty thousand dollars so they they either think that the mafia killed him the natives killed him for like the cigarette scams that he pulled or this biker gang killed him wow and maybe think of letter kenny with the whole cigarette Stuff that they talk about. Yeah, you know. funny. I, I it was crazy. I mean, that, that he I I didn't know that he went and started working for the mafia as an enforcer and. Yeah, it was cra- It's such a sad story, though. It was annoying it was... because his his wife and daughter and, and daughter, like you know, they were speaking what French. 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 Usually, I don't. I'm like doing other stuff, so I'm like lot looking up and working on stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to keep staring at the screen because I'm like, I gotta see what they're saying. I can't like just listen to this one, you know. His daughter wasn't bad looking though. No, she was all right. <laughs> she was all right. I like the story when he told that Dino Bravo when he had to dye his hair, that yeah. everyone was making fun of him. The Mountie was good in that episode. He was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Did you listen to the um? Jericho podcast where he had those guys on right before the start of season two. Yeah. That was pretty good where they were talking about like some of their favorite moments. And then Jericho was, you know, they talked about stuff you'd want to see in season three. What are things that you think they, you know, a lot of wrestling stories that they should cover in season three. I like the ones like that are just about a, a guy like the new Jack one I thought was interesting. I think the road warriors one will be interesting. Yeah. Because there's only so many scandals that you can really cover, but there's there's a lot of them, I guess, though, that they can really get into. Yeah. Like, they could do one on Bischoff and how he came to power in WCW. Yeah, I think a Bischoff one would be good, like a WCW Rise one. I think they should try to do one on, like, um, maybe something on the click would be interesting. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be able to get any good testing. Well, I guess everybody that hated them would be willing, more than willing to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Samoan family would be good. Yokozuna. Yeah, it would be good. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of events. Like, you know, they did the Brawl for All. The plane ride um, from hell. The one that kills almost kills Ric Flair. Uh, yeah. Or he the survives plane the plane from, crash. Yeah, the the plane ride from hell, wherever, whenever um, Brock Lesnar and Mr. Perfect were wrestling, and then was popped the cab open. Oh. You know, <laughs> X Pac cut uh, Michael Hayes's hair. <laughs> um, Goldust got arrested for exposing himself to a flight attendant. Like <laughs> all this stuff happened on one yeah, flight. That would be a great episode. <laughs> that would be a great episode. <laughs> Uh, that yeah. watching YouTube videos like shoot interviews about the plane ride from hell was very comical. Like it's just so, like everybody's different account of it is hilarious. It's so funny. Like I, I think JR got fired because of that. That's one of the many times he got fired. He always got fired. <laughs> what some other wrestlers? I think they should maybe do something about the Ultimate Warrior too. I think that would be a good story. Yeah, because like. They scrubbed their history and made him into a good guy after every after he died, but he was not a nice person. Yeah, and there was a lot of things with him. Um, Eddie, they already covered in the Benoit part. You can't. Yeah, really with it being a two-parter, they kind of got him. Um, and that was more like an Eddie and Chris story merged together. 
you know, they do a lot of deaths. I don't, the death ones are okay, but I, I like the ones like when they did the Montreal screw job and the brawl for all. I like events. Yeah. Get different, getting different I'm trying to think what other, like, I like when those guys were talking to Jericho and they said like, what's an interview you would like to have? And they were like, Oh, we would love to interview Vince McMahon. Uh-huh. Jericho was like, if he ever sits down and gives an interview, it'd be like the best interview ever. You know, I think when Vince really is like desperate for cash, one of these days he'll sell that interview to like, he's going to do it on the stone cold show. But then you have to like buy the podcast or something like that. Like yeah. download it, you know, <laughs> all questions open. Let, let you answer anything you want to Vince. Mm-hmm. It seems like Jericho still respects Vince because he doesn't like talking does. bad about him. He know? doesn't. He says, yeah, he's he owes him a lot. You know, like he took him from obscurity in WCW where they weren't doing anything with him and made him a household name. Right, right. Yes, that's definitely interesting. They'll definitely, I hope they do a season three. It is, it is fun to watch. It is an interesting show. Yeah, I like it a lot. I make sure I watch it live every week because, you know, there's nothing else on Tuesdays. It's good. I enjoy it. Yeah. Usually get some kind of insight that I haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. Like in the, in the Von Erich episode, I never knew that Kevin tried committing suicide by cop. That yeah, was, that was, that was a really great story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never knew they had a brother that died at six years old. Yeah. Drown in a puddle. Mm-hmm. I mean, crazy shit. Yeah, that show makes you feel really bad for Kevin Von Eric, but he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well there you go. That's this week's show in the world of wrestling. An empty arena wrestling. Empty arena wrestling. Empty arena show. The new normal. <laughs> for now. All right, well everybody have a good week. Take care and um, enjoy. Like, share, subscribe. All that good stuff. We will talk to you next week. Later. Later.